Hi, and welcome to the TSW podcast, providing insight from thought leaders, success stories, and practical mental and physical tips to help you on your journey to recovery with your host, Claire Hart. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the seventh episode of the TSW podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hart, and I'm really excited today to bring you the conversation that I had with Daisy Malin. Many of you may know Daisy from Instagram. She's a really active participant in sharing her ongoing story of recovery from TSW. And this is the first conversation I've had actually with someone who is in the thick of recovery. So really interesting insights from someone who is is dealing with flares and recovery on an ongoing basis at the moment. Daisy is also the co-host of the Itch and Bitch podcast, which I highly recommend listening to. That podcast covers a range of different skin issues and conditions, um, but there's also great advice on TSW and also eczema there. So definitely do have a search for that and I'll link to it in the show notes. So in the conversation today, Daisy really talks about her positive mindset and you'll see that through her Instagram. Um, there's lots of obviously dealing with the hard bits, but also Daisy is always focused on kind of healing and coming out the other side, which can be incredibly critical for just getting you through some of the tougher, tougher stages of TSW. She talks about life on hold. Um, so Daisy uh, had to stop university um, and finished a loving relationship in order to come home and focus on her healing. She talks about her choice to go down the, the natural healing route and the mental strength that she's pulled from that and knowing that she can get through tough times, which you know hadn't been tested necessarily before. She talks about the power of the community and the mental support that she's derived from that and also being there to support other people. And then also being brave and continuing socializing and, and going out and making the most of your life when you can. So when you get those breaks from TSW, um, making sure that you go out and embrace life. And even when your skin's not good, if you have the energy to do it and you want to, just do it. Um, so yeah, lots of great stuff in this conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy um, from my sort of skin update perspective, my skin touch wood is doing really well at the moment. Um, so I'm on my eighth treatment with Skin Celeste in uh, Andover in the UK. Um, and yeah, it's it's really good. It does flare once a month around my cycle, um, but nothing too bad, all perfectly um, manageable. I guess I do have a bit of a mental panic when that happens about whether it's you know getting getting worse um but so far like I said touch wood it's been okay um and I'm going back to work in three weeks so keeping my fingers crossed that the stress of work doesn't kind of take me back a few steps but I guess we'll wait and see um so yep so enjoy this episode the next one coming out will be with a psychotherapist so we're going to be talking about trauma and ptsd um and tools and techniques that you can use as well as um why do we have triggers so um what's happening in the psychology when you suddenly get taken back to traumatic events um how can you help reset your nervous system so lots of great insights coming for that episode if you do have any questions that you would like me to pose to the psychotherapist please do just hit me up on instagram send me your questions and in the meantime please do press the subscribe button to the podcast on apple itunes and leave us a review if you're enjoying it um, i absolutely love getting your comments and it really just helps me um, know that i'm adding value to the community so all right enough from me um so enjoy the podcast everybody if you um want to send daisy message please do on uh, daisy maiden skin on instagram um and yeah I will be speaking to you again soon. All right, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Daisy, welcome to the TSW podcast. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to come on and talk to you. It's very exciting to do a podcast that's not just our podcast. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 I bet. Just for everybody, I'm sure everybody knows, but Daisy runs the Itch and Bitch podcast, which is an amazing name. Um, and how did you guys, how did you guys, because you do it with, what's the lady's name? I do it with Katie. Okay. Um, she's Mackie. 
documents on Instagram and she is an eczema sufferer, but she is, she is amazing. To be honest with you, I can't take much credit. I just come on and I just talk and complain and do my normal thing. <laughs> She's definitely the talent behind it. She's very artistic. She does a lot of the graphics. Um, it's kind of close to what she does for work. So I can't really take any of the credit. My The only thing I do is, yeah, come on and talk. Complain, you know? <laughs> I think. And people kind of luckily relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Believe me, I know that pain trying to do this or anything on Instagram. I'm just like complete Instagram phobe. So I really struggle with all of that. Oh so great to have a partner who's good um so so um so daisy you know lovely to see you how are you doing at the moment how is your skin and sort of how are you feeling so i yeah i'm good i'm fine i'm definitely having ups and downs but i think that's you know very common i think also because i've kind of got to the stage of my life where well i'm a year in and for so long i didn't really do anything i was very kind of like stuck in my room stuck in my flat very like I was quite depressed. I was having a really hard time. And now it's kind of getting warmer. It's been like a year and I'm thinking like, oh, I just want to go out and do things. I just want to like enjoy myself. So I kind of expect the flares and I'm kind of like at the point where I'm willing to pay the price a bit more, if that makes sense. Mm, mm -hmm. um, just to kind of enjoy myself and actually put my mental health first just because I felt for a while I was really struggling with the, oh, I shouldn't really go out and do anything because I'm suffering and I'm in this pain. And I found it really, it was hard to deal with to kind of get my thoughts straight to think like, should I go out? Should I not? There definitely needs to be a balance. And I I know even when I wasn't looking my best, I was thinking like, oh, it would just be so nice to go get some nice mm. food out. And I, for ages, I wouldn't let myself. And now I find, think I finally come around to feeling like I don't really care what people think because it's not as severe. I'm not in as much pain. And so I am willing to pay the price to kind of enjoy myself. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah sure. and I think that's huge credit to you as well because there's a lot of the getting yourself up, the getting yourself dressed, the going out, let alone the element of, of feeling like, oh, what do people think of me? Are they looking at me? You know, that that effort to get over that first hurdle of even getting out is really tough. It's, you know, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of energy to even manage to do that. You know, I think for a while though, I didn't think it was happening and don't get me wrong, some days I still wake up and I think, oh my God, this is the last thing I want to do. And that's, I think that's the worst bit, isn't it? Because I really want to, people invite me places and I really want to be someone who can make plans, but I'm such an unreliable person. I'm an unreliable friend. I'm an unreliable, and it sounds awful to say, because that's the last thing I want to be as I, I want to give so much more, but you know, when mm. you're struggling, you just can't. And some days I that's why I think my life's quite sporadic and it's it's a shame because I'd love some kind of you know like stability <laughs> but I find that that's honestly what TSW has really taken from me yeah yeah and I I hear you on the I'm a bit of a flaky friend type of thing because I have exactly the same it's like one minute I'll be like yes let's do it let's go out for drinks yeah. and the next minute I'm like you know what I I'm poorly and I think Louise King on the interview I did with her like just sum that up beautifully, which is you are really poorly at moments. And it's, oh, like, I think we battle admitting that to ourselves. We're like, no, no, I've got to keep pushing on. And some people look at you a bit skeptically because they're like, oh, it's just itchy skin. But it's like, yeah. you're really uh -huh. poorly sometimes. And it's okay to be flaky. And it's okay to sometimes be up for stuff and other times not. Yeah, I think also that when your skin is, when you're having a bad flare, I genuinely feel so unwell like yeah like, yeah exactly like honestly my, my lymph nodes are swollen all of it yeah. I'm like sweating like this is insane like the way I feel you would think I was actually like had the flu or something like that yeah and trying to put that in description to other people who don't always quite understand it it's really hard completely Fun, I was out at the weekend um and I was at a girl's house and like all of these girls were talking and one of the girls said oh my mum has eczema so bad and I just hadn't hadn't even mentioned my skin at this point and I was just kind of like just watching and one of them said oh I've got really bad eczema and I was like 
with another friend and my friend's like my friend sat there and my friend's like guys we probably shouldn't talk about this and I'm like it's fine it doesn't matter I'm like look everyone everyone has their battles like everyone's days are different you know what I mean like I there's no point me shouting oh you don't know what it's like you know? I'm so glad you said that because I have literally the same I like one of my um <laughs> when my skin was getting bad again I just sent a photo to a friend um who was asking how I was doing and it, I mean, it was really bad. It was like flaking and red and oozing. And she sent back a picture going, oh, well, look, my skin's not great. And she had like a blemish. And I oh. knew she was trying to be like solidarity, but you're equally like, you have no idea. You've just like, you have no idea what this is like. <laughs> some, some days, and it, I think as well, some days it's definitely hard. I'm like, I get that exact feeling. And you're like, bite your tongue, bite your yes. tongue. Like <laughs> to myself, look, remember, everyone has different battles everyone's ground looks different like you know if they want to say that's bad skin that's their bad skin like it is what it is like you know we don't all wake up in each other's shoes so it's yeah. hard to compare these things so I just try very hard not to compare because I find sometimes if I do I'd be screaming you haven't seen my skin <laughs> you yeah. don't know what it feels like to lay in a bed and smell like wet dog for five hours like <laughs> It, it teaches you teaches you many things doesn't it tsw a lot of patience a lot of empathy a lot of humility um things that i think at the outset you would never think you'd develop but attributes yeah. which are like oh okay you know i've really evolved as a person through this what you know what one thing i would say that i have really really loved about kind of going through it it's I because I quite openly share it I'll see people who I have not seen because I've obviously moved back home with my parents very recently uh just because it was getting really hard to like kind of look after myself there was a lot of pressure on my boyfriend at the time and it was it was hard you know like I felt I felt bad so I knew I needed to kind of come home so being home is a lot better but running into people it's almost given me a kind of like a way into when people there are things people don't really talk about, you know, in public. And I've had like people randomly run into me in the pub and they'll say, oh, well, I've seen all your Instagram and stuff. And they'll say, oh, well, I'm actually suffering from this autoimmune problem. And it's something that you would thought like, you wouldn't ever open, you wouldn't ever open up to someone randomly. But because I'm so open, it's almost gives these people like, uh, oh, well, I can speak to mm. her about it. Mm. Really nice. Like, it's really like encouraging because I think like, and they said, oh, uh, a boy who was in my year at school started telling me kind of, oh, like I had this autoimmune problem and it's really affected me. And he said, actually, I've never really told anyone that before. And I thought, oh my God, like yeah. you just ran me in the pub today. I haven't seen you in seven years, yeah. but it's really nice that you feel like you can open up in that way for me because I am so open sharing. Absolutely. You sharing your suffering enables other people to also open up and that's, a, a beautiful thing that's come out of this right yeah for sure <laughs> so Daisy let's talk about let's talk about your history so I'd love to know kind of did did you your skin conditions start with eczema as a kid or how how you know what is your yeah. background with history so I've always kind of had childhood eczema as long as I can remember it's like I don't remember it being like life life-changing but when I it's funny because I think maybe I'd blocked out a lot of memories but I did speak to a lot of girls like my good friends from primary school and one of them said to me Izzy I always remember you going at break to them to put your creams on and stuff like that and I thought god like was it that much and she was like oh yeah you were always like oh Daisy needs to put her creams on and my mum would cling film me before bed and she'd cling film all my arms up with lard and you know the usual and I think I've been using them since I was a toddler very very young but I don't think I ever knew any different I guess mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so for me it was just almost like normality there was I think in school obviously hormones and stuff I I used them quite a lot and I used to love I loved loved hair dye I loved makeup and made it quite hard so I was using them I probably like, more than I should have and I I remember there wasn't much kind of teaching on how to use them or anything yeah. like that. It was like, you just, just go ahead. Like mm -hmm. you can take as many tubes as you want. Our, our house was filled with 
copious <laughs> amounts of steroids and it, it just felt like the norm like I, I didn't know anything different I guess mm-hmm. um so I guess and then I had a kind of a break for a few years I think when I was like in my early 20s um I moved back up to Scot. I moved up to Scotland and it was couple degrees colder than down south obviously and then I think my skin just really really wasn't happy um so I went to a doctor the doctor said oh you haven't used steroids in a while you could use steroids pulled out I think she said she prescribed me a small amount I had like 10 tubes it was like obscene for a small amount do you remember what what type of steroid it was what potency oh I originally it was hydrocortisone and then I think I went up to Betnovate because the hydrocortisone just didn't work um, and I hadn't used it in years and I thought, oh, why isn't this working? And yeah, I think I went to Betnovate quite quickly. And I think within like a few months, it had got quite out of control. And I was thinking, this isn't right. I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. At that point, I started thinking like, I was waking up a lot with the typical sunburst, you know, start yeah. of TSW. Yeah. And I'm Think, oh my god I don't know what to do it's like a so, steroid rosacea isn't it really funny little oh, patches yeah, god, of like awful isn't it? and that feeling of heat you just can't get out of your skin <laughs> oh my god I'd wake up with that every day and have to wear an ice mask for hours and at this point I was still getting my eyelashes done because I was very like I loved glam mm-hmm. so I would oh god it was awful my eyelashes my eyes would be so swollen all my eyelashes would be like oh yeah everywhere making my eyes so swollen and even worse it was like <laughs> literally a nightmare yeah um but you know I, I i i realized quite quickly after starting to share and making the itch and bitch page i think my actual realization of when i was going through tsw was we had b on for i know we had beth uh bethany on for a mm-hmm. podcast yeah and she started speaking to us about tsw and i kind of like had like I knew what was happening but I just hadn't heard anyone really say it mm-hmm. I hadn't heard anyone say it out to me and at this point I'd also had oral steroids for a while and I've been tapered off the oral steroids and I'm thinking like shit this isn't working my skin is still really bad mm-hmm. and, and were you still on Betnovate at this stage oh yeah yeah and I was using okay. things I was in panic I would use Betnovate on my face because yep. the doctor said, don't worry, like, a bit of Benavate on your face, oh, it wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was using, like, bits of it on my face. And I remember, like, the skin would kind of retract for maybe an hour or so. And then the redness would just instantly be back. And I was thinking, like, this is just not mm-hmm. right. Like, something... yeah, something's, like, definitely wrong. Um, yeah, so I was just in panic, I so, think. What... What was it that um, B said that made you go? Or was it just a combination of her talking through her history? Oh, <laughs> do you know, I think it was that. And oh, do you know, we actually had Harriet on as well. Ah, uh, yes, um, yep. Scratch that. And I remember there was this thing that she said. It was kind of like uh, how she realized she had started going through steroid withdrawal. And I remember thinking like, this really sounds familiar. And I remember thinking like, suddenly we were like recording this podcast and I'd gone from really happy and you can actually hear my voice kind of like start dulling in the podcast. And I start almost feeling like even Katie, who I do the podcast with said, you can tell you start panicking. And I start like clearly like thinking in my head and I'm like, oh shit, shit. Like this, this is definitely what's happening to me. The realization of this is like awful, but I also, don't want to like I don't know what to do and I remember finishing we were finished recording the podcast and I sat in my room and I just cried for about two hours and I said like this I know this is happening I know this is it it's so scary isn't it that moment where you're like oh shit <laughs> excuse my friend my, yeah. my boyfriend at the time as well he was a microbiologist and he was doing a PhD and he just said like he he had told me like we need to get you off this this is not working this is not making you better and he had also said like I had I was going to the doctors at this point and they were kept trying to do I what I was really upset with well they offered me methotrexate they offered me cybersporin okay I get it um but they kept saying to me oh well we've got this really great drug trial 
And I remember like, I was like in bits, crying my eyes out and you were offering me to go on a drug trial. <laughs> oh my God, I, I remember leaving, being livid and just thinking like- What was it for? What, what was the drug trial I think for? it was gas inhibitor. Okay. And I just remember thinking like, I've come here to tell you like what's going on with my skin and tell you that I'm going through this. And you're like, oh, don't worry. There's, there's a really great drug trial if you fancy it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I've literally just told you I don't want to be on any more drugs. Mm. And you're going, oh, oh, well, it could really help you. There's a lot of people trying this at the moment. I'm like, it's, what is going on? It's such a weird combination, isn't it? When you're going through TSW and you're very clear on what's wrong with you to, you know, I mean, I've maintained my relationship with my dermatologist and still on his list and seeing him but I don't really know what I go for anymore because I'm not, you know, I'm not taking the drugs from him. Yeah. I'm not really following his advice. He doesn't really know what to say anymore. But for some reason, I still need him there, like a mental crutch. But it's such a weird conversation now. See, I found, I just found it so overwhelming because so I really, really tried to get so many dermatology appointments. I ended up having the worst case of eczema hepaticum. And at the time my boyfriend was away, I was in Scotland on my own. And within hours I had blisters all over, like, all over my eyes. And I was thinking, oh my God, what do I do? And I'd never had it before. And I was thinking like sheer panic. So I went to A&E at the time in Edinburgh and it was Saturday night. And I was thinking like, okay, there must be someone to see me. No dermatologist on call. Oh no. So they put me on FaceTime to a dermatologist and I'm like look I've got eczema hepaticum and she's like I don't know if that's what it is maybe we should wait and see and I'm like no you can't wait because I won't have vision if you if you if you don't act now and give me antivirals like this is going to be really bad and she was like okay well and I, I at this point been waiting about nine months for an appointment and she went okay well, well I'll give you the antivirals but you've got an appointment on Monday I was like what I'm waiting <laughs> I've waited however long and I begged for an appointment, but now I've come in with this. It's like, oh, don't worry. You've got an appointment in two days. <laughs> and, I, and I remember going to that appointment and it was just like, the appointment was like, you don't want methotrexate? No. Oh, you don't want cyphosporin? Oh, you're not interested in du du duplomat? Yep. I never know how to say it. And I like, and it was like, no, I'm not interested in that. It's like, well, I don't really know why you're here. Why you bothered coming? why I bothered coming like what it's like well if you won't take the drugs I'm trying to give you what's the point in yeah. you even yeah attending up for the appointment and I thought like okay well you're right I'm not going to come again <laughs> you've made your point yeah um, yeah it's almost like it's um it's almost like you suddenly see the limitations of medicine don't you going through this it's like oh you guys have a tool belt and you just give these things but actually after that there's nothing there's um and it was interesting talking to um, Marvin Rappaport, who was talking about the old style of medicine, which is you just check in on your patient. You don't always prescribe, but you check in, you give them mental support, you tell them they're going to get better. And actually, my GP has been amazing at doing that with me. But it's almost like modern medicine is about write a prescription and that's it. Yeah, and just fix a quick fix, isn't yeah. it? It's like, yeah, absolutely. There's no um, long, like we were saying in New Zealand, if um, you've got depression, you get given a gym membership. And to me, it's like, well, what do you get in the UK? Oh, you need antidepressants. You need something like this. And it's like, no one gave me the opportunity. No no doctor said to me, oh, are you going out for enough time today? Like, are you, are yes. you going on a walk? Yeah. The lifestyle questions. Yep. Yeah, well, none of that. Was I given a lifestyle question, or when was I giving diet questions? More or less, the NHS has no dietitians. Everything has to be done privately. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a band aid, isn't it? It's Absolutely. nothing. Yeah. So how are you? How are you? Obviously, you've you've elected to go the natural, the slow heal, knowing your body is going to get there, and trusting in the process. How are you coping with that? Uh, well, I think I've always struggled with being really patient. I've always struggled with time. I've always been kind of, you know, like always wanted to get things done faster. And I just kind of felt 
like I probably wouldn't be in this situation if that hadn't probably been the case in the first place. And it was just something I knew that I wanted to at least attempt. Um, at the beginning, I said like, I'll, I'm just gonna try this. And I had so many messages from people saying like, look, you're really suffering. And I said, yeah, I am, but this is something I know I wanna try at least. And if I don't get there, that's fine. Like I, I completely support that people need this help or the, you know, need a bit of assistance it's hard like it really really is um but yeah like it's, it is one of those things I've just kind of got to the place where I'm like in my head this is what I want to do I'm focused and now it's a year later I can kind of I don't want to say I can see the end in sight because I think that's too optimistic but you know there's a lot more hope for a long time at the beginning I was just like passing day by day just like genuinely surviving like I genuinely didn't think how long I could do it for it was so unknown the constant inflammation the constant pain oh god like and don't get me wrong like I am one of those people who do sit up at night and I do think like god this chronic inflammation this pain it can't be good like is it better just to take methotrexate or something like that or will I be in a worse place? And these these thoughts keep me up at night consistently, all the time. But I guess it's just, you, you do what's best for you at the time. And, you know, I'm glad I've made the decision I've made, for sure. And it's really positive when I see other people saying, you know, like, I want to try the same as you. And I, I think, oh my God, yeah, that's like amazing that I've encouraged you to feel like that and to feel you want to do that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, you know, if I think if I was at any other point in my life, I probably wouldn't have chosen what I have chosen. So I think like there's so many people who speak to me and they have kids or they are, they, they're doing it for their child. And I don't think I would have done it if it was for my child or if I had kids to care for. I'm at a really good spot in my life, whereas I'm 26. I don't get me wrong. I was living with my partner at the time, but, you know, I was at university. I didn't have a full-time job so I could I'm lucky enough that my parents have, have been great through this so I've been able to move home been help looking after myself like I said I had my partner who was caring for me so much at the time at the beginning and I am very lucky for that and I think you know I've been lucky enough to make that choice for myself and I know a lot of other people aren't so I think it's definitely something I wanted to do for myself mm -hmm. and also I think it's definitely uh I proved myself to myself psychologically almost as well. I, I didn't realize that I was that strong as a person. And this is definitely a make or break situation. And I, I would say it's definitely made me. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it is, um, it's amazing when you see the natural healing as well, isn't it? And you, because it's funny that, you know, you mentioned there that people say to you, it's awful seeing you suffer and people want because they love you they want you to heal and heal quick and go for the you of know course. how can you get it over and done with quickly but at no point in my healing have I thought I'm doing the wrong thing like I I know I am getting better I 100% know the steroids did this to me there is not a shadow of doubt in my mind otherwise I would never put myself through this like you, you and, and like to help your family and the people who love you understand I would never opt for this unless I was a hundred percent certain this is what I have to do um and there's a lot of I power think at the beginning I yeah no for sure and you know what at the beginning I felt thought because it was just so so bad and this chronic inflammation I thought god maybe there is something more wrong with me and you know those those panicked things in your doubt in your head those tiny thoughts of doubt that you're thinking like no, this doesn't feel right. Maybe there's more. I should go get my thyroid tested. I should go get my uh, all my lymph nodes looked at. And yes, of course, 100% these things should definitely be done. They're important, incredibly, especially if you've been using steroids on them. But after getting things like that checked, then it was like, there's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that what I'm doing isn't right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I do get up and I do have those niggling thoughts some days. But then other days, I think, yeah, like you're doing this. You, yeah. You've got yeah. this. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's been wonderful yeah. seeing your progress as well with natural healing that you've documented, and you know, seeing the days where you're like, oh my god, look at my skin today, it's amazing, and like, oh god, and like I, 
you know, I know the joy of that in myself where I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, look at my amazing yeah. skin. And, and seeing on? that in you is wonderful too. Like it brings elation to me watching you like take joy in your skin healing too. It's, it's magic. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you know what? It's funny because I almost, because the start of it was so, so, so traumatic. I can't really remember when people say to me, like, what did you do at the start? And I like think back and I wouldn't even watch program, new programs. I'd, I won't rewatch things like Friends like hundreds of times because they made me feel safe. I knew what was going to happen. I didn't have that panic itch of, what, what happens if something I don't like happens? It's like I knew the end, everything I was watching. I was watching Disney films. I was, I can't remember because it's all a blur. Because yeah. I was just like surviving through it. It's a trauma. And yeah. so to look and to look back and when I look, because I think a lot of my posts at one time were done when I was at such a vulnerable state. And the other day I hadn't looked at anything for such a long time. And I was kind of going back through my profile and I read one of my posts and I was just like in floods of tears reading it. And I thought, God, I, it's so overwhelming to thought that I felt like that. And I was so, so like, so depressed. And it was, God, it's making me feel like emotional thinking about it. But you know what I mean? Like it was, it almost felt like a different world away. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I, when I was writing that post, if I thought that I would be in this place now, I, I'd say, come on, keep going. Like, but at that time, all I could see was that day and surviving that day. Yeah. And yeah. God, some days it was a nightmare, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. And on that on that point, have you have you sought any psychological or mental health support? Yeah, so I have done a couple therapy sessions, which I I found quite beneficial. But like, you know, if I'm really, really honest, I think my, my, my whole therapy has been moaning online. <laughs> I, I, I find it incredibly therapeutic because as much as speaking to someone has been great, they don't understand me. Whereas there are these people who follow my profile because they're going through the same thing and they know exactly how I'm feeling. And they said, I get messages all the time saying like, oh, I get this so, I feel this so deeply in my core. And it's almost a whole different thing having someone who actually understands it to complain to them mm, rather mm-hmm. than to complain to a, you know, a therapist, a psychologist, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. who I kind of felt like, I don't want to say they're judging you because that's not, you know, but they are making these opinions on you. And when you're, you you don't understand, you haven't lived through this, like I've lived through yeah, this, you know, yeah. points. I And also I tried various kind of, therapist kind of that kind of thing and I tried a couple and it was like there wasn't this click Mm. there Mm -hmm. wasn't the click that I had thought like okay I'll be able to tell you everything when we have this kind of connection this click whatever and it wasn't like that and I was like okay this doesn't feel like I want to share whereas when I share online and I know everyone's going through it it's like I want to share because I know that I'm not alone I know that someone else is sitting there thinking the exact same as me that day yeah yeah (laughs) it's so true I found so much solace in going through um some of the key people's books there's like um Holly TSW Holly oh my god her story and not only is she very humorous but her story from end to end there's things that you don't speak out loud to loved ones but that someone else in the community will be able to articulate and nail in a way, you know, that simple thing of actually, yeah. you know, your bedroom becomes almost a traumatic space because, oh, you know, you can't sleep. And actually I'd never really, I I knew it in my heart, but I'd never heard it articulated. And, and Holly mentioned that and I was like, yes, like I have big nighttime trauma about getting into bed and trying to relax because it's become now a place of like slight terror for me. Oh, for sure. And that, like I was saying earlier, this is something that haunts me, is that that kind of wet dog swell when your body has been oozing and you're lying in bed and you can just smell it everywhere. And I just think like it's on all my clothes, it's on my body, I can't get it off. And it's like that psychological, like I have to live in pyjamas. My pyjamas can't get washed with other people's clothes because that smell carries the fact that that smell carries is rancid. Like, it's the only thing I can think about. And sometimes I lie in bed and I think, God, I'm never going to share a bed with anyone again. 
Like, honestly, it's not even my mom would want to share a bed with me. It's uh, just the smell of the covers. It's like, it's so traumatic that it definitely stays with you. Yeah. And like, you know, a friend's going, oh, why don't you come around? We're We're all staying. And I'm thinking... I'll just get a cab back a bit later. Like, there's no way I'm staying at your house. There's no way I'm making that. Even if I don't ooze or whatever, which I've stopped, like, not stopped, but it's a lot better. But just the idea of yeah. being somewhere makes me panic. And the fact that it's like, I'm not there yet. I don't know when I'm going to be there. And I can't, that's, this is the, again, back to the unpredictableness of, you know friendships relationships all of these things that you can't give to someone yeah and there are points when you have to kind of admit that and I think for a long time I wouldn't admit that yeah and 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 talk to me about so obviously uh you mentioned Daisy University that you've kind of stopped university you've moved out of staying with your boyfriend and coming back home so talk to me about kind of life on pause and uh so I just you know I was failing university horribly because I just couldn't keep up with the work I couldn't my mind was so focused on other things that there was no way that that was it for me that year I guess and I just knew that you know I could come back and do this later my teacher could see I'm I'm suffering horrendously Um, and a lot of times there were conversations like oh they're not drugs for this so they're not things and I just said look I'm not going to do that I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to take the time out And at the beginning, I stayed there in Scotland with my boyfriend. But you're also putting this pressure on someone else, aren't you? And as much as they say it's not a problem, it's not a problem, it it does become a problem. (laughs) Like, as much as I don't want to say it, it like it does as much as as strong as they are as well, because they're watching you suffer, too. They're the ones that don't get me wrong. He was amazing. He would go get me food. I wouldn't leave the house for days. I'd sit there with a weighted blanket and hot water bottles and stuff over me and just sit, sitting there crying and watching friends. And bless his soul, he'd come get me food. He'd make me everything. He'd clean the house. He'd do the sheets. And I just thought, like, God, this is not a life for you either. Like, I'm taking your best years from you. And it's outrightly fine to make the decision for yourself. But it's not at the point. It got just like... I don't want this to be worse than it is. And I don't want you to end up resenting me for a decision that I've made for myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I ended up just saying, look, I think I'm going to go stay. And also we have a cat together. We have, we have a whole life, you know, like all of our stuff together. And I just said like, go, like you've just started a new job. You deserve to have a normal life and not a girlfriend who you feel like you're caring for her, you know? Like, we can get back to this maybe, you know, in, in time. But life is on pause for me. Yeah. And that is the way things are. And, you know, I it took a lot to accept that. And some days I still wake up and I think, God, like, I wonder what you're doing. And I'm really depressed and I'm sat here really upset. I wonder what you're doing with your day and all of this stuff. Whereas it, some days I wake up and I know that I've made the best decision for me. I've made the best decision for him. Yeah. And I know that I've made the right choice. Yeah. And I can't be angry at myself. It's just, you know, you, it's always going to be sad. Uh, awfully sad. And But you absolutely have to be, and I can hear it in everything you've said there, Daisy, is you've done an amazing thing for both you and your partner to say, I'm, I'm taking a step away right now and it's not, it's not forever, but you need to heal. And you're absolutely right. Like the staying... Um, because I can even say, you know, for me and my husband, it creates such stress and strain in your relationship in just an awful way. Because I'm not being anywhere near my best self. Um, and I hate myself because I can't be my best self for him. And I'm not a partner in many different ways. And he's trying to help, but he's also depressed watching me struggle. It's just yeah. a horrible, yeah. <laughs> horrible thing. I mean, you love each other and it's really tough. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, that's the thing because... You don't ever not love someone, especially when they're sick and they're going through this. That's what what I found so hard. But there were so many normal things that I couldn't give you to things like just hold your hand and stuff like that. Even the simplest of things to give you a kiss when really I don't want anyone's body touching me. I don't want my own body touching me, let alone 
at yours you know so it's so overwhelming and the awful itchy fits that come in you know when you're like I need to just scratch my skin off and your partner's looking at you like what the hell are you doing but they don't get it of course and that's what I mean you know I there were points when we would go to bed and I'd lie in bed for 20 minutes and he would be asleep in seconds and I'd just go back into the other room and lie there till 9am yeah. and maybe I'd sleep for two hours and it was like this isn't also a life for you I want you to have the opportunity to lie in a bed with someone who's not who who can't not touch you who can't yeah. you know you're missing so much as a as an adult who's the same age as me you're missing so many levels to relationship that intimacy is a big thing you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and, and I that, think, you know, it would be different if we were married or we had been together longer. But, you know, we've been together about three years and well, two years. And then he did about a year of me with this. Yeah. And I just thought, like, I know. And there's Jesus, a... like, you, you pulled the short straw. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there, there is a piece around, um, you know, like uh, caring for your partner, um or, or uh, your partner caring for you and it's a week or two weeks or maybe a month but actually knowing TSW and knowing in your heart I mean you could be facing years and years of this none of us know um, and I think that makes you feel extra guilty in watching someone take care of you because you're like oh god I, I can't tell you that this is just going to be another couple of months of this we have no yeah. idea um, so but that's really... what I mean it's it's that no time scale that is yeah. that I thought was really getting to me psychologically. And also at the time, I don't think he never wanted me to leave. Like he wanted me to stay in Scotland. He said he was happy doing, but it was for me. Mm. And it had to be for me, for him, if that makes sense, because yeah. he would have never asked me to leave. He would have said, oh, it's fine. I, I can wait this out. But it would have completely changed the dynamic of our relationship. Yeah. And it had already completely changed our dynamic of our relationship, you know? So I knew that if we were ever going to get back to that place, we would need this time to do our own thing, Mm. go, you know, get through this, how I need to get through this. But you can also live a normal life for a while. Like, I I felt like I'd taken for him for so long and that guilt was over my head all the time. Yeah. Whereas he would have never said that. He would have said it was okay forever, you know? Sounds like a good man. (laughs) yeah no of course I appreciate that so much but sometimes in life I think you need to do it for the other person because I know you were never going to let me go whereas it was the right thing to do you know yeah Yeah. and you know what Daisy I think as we were saying at the start of our conversation the character traits that you develop through this and you're already developing let alone by the time the journey is done you're going to come back a different glorious glowing incredible person not only obviously visually with skin but also personality (laughs) and like all the lovely traits you're going to bring because we've gone through the suffering right and I'm I'm optimistic I'm hopeful yeah (laughs) yeah I remember Harriet came on our podcast from scratch that and Harriet said she heard a lot of people saying oh you know like this has made me a really nice person and she said, I thought I was nice enough before. And I said, I said, actually, I thought quite the opposite. I thought maybe I wasn't really a nice person. Like a lot of my friends have said to me, like, you're so much more kind of considerate and caring. And and I was like, wow, maybe it's made me really like empathetic and insightful. Yeah, you know? like, 100%. I can't, I, 100%. Yeah, I can't, I can't be ungrateful for that, sure. No. So talk to me, Daisy, about what you what you've tried in your healing what has given you um, some sort of relief? And I know obviously the oxygen treatment at the moment is a big thing that, that you're trying. Oxygen therapy has been amazing for me in the sense that it's given me a life back because I genuinely, I felt like I suffered with the fatigue quite heavily. Um, so my days were very limited to a few hours. Um, then I would kind of be sitting down itching for a lot of the day. Um, oxygen therapy has given me kind of like energy to you know like live a normal life things things that were really like I couldn't imagine doing for a while again have been I've been able to do my skin's been healing 
far faster, which I found really well. And it's kind of like cooling. So it's cooled me down. You know, it's definitely stopped with redness as well. It helped with redness and inflammation, amazing. which I found amazing because my lymph nodes and my thyroid are hugely swollen. So this has really helped on that note because I wondered at points if my right lymph node on my neck was ever going to be normal again. And it has significantly reduced mm -hmm. um, just by doing oxygen therapy a couple of times a week. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's quite a lot of things that I have definitely found beneficial through that. And so do you but say I you're going twice a week or just once? Uh, I'm going about three times a week, sometimes okay. more, mm -hmm. uh, depending on just schedules and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like I'm loving it. To be honest with you, I think it's one of the first things that I thought like, wow, there's something in this. Like oh, I feel good. like my body's healing quicker. Like, uh, I, yeah, like I know it's, an expense but i'm at the point where i'm like this is something i'm willing to try whereas oh my you know, god nothing daisy else. i like blow money on this i'm like take my money just heal me yeah, like yeah, and yeah. I'm, that's like literally well, throwing that, out that's the window what i've done in the past and you know what oh I'll just buy this i'll just buy that hopefully this will work hopefully that nothing you know i i know nothing is the answer let's be real there's nothing no amount of money you can pay to just be fixed mm -hmm. but if, if these things make it easier for you, make it more comfortable, yeah. make it more pleasant, I'm willing to do that, you know? I'm willing mm. to take the time out. And yeah. these oxygen therapies, yeah, something that I've really enjoyed. And I've enjoyed kind of, you know, they treat, at the place I go to, they treat everyone from cancer patients to non-COVID patients. So it's really interesting seeing people who have had cancer go in who are looking quite unwell and they come out and they've done 50 sessions and they look incredible. And I'm thinking like, wow, there's something in this. Yeah, like there must yeah. be, if, if you, oh, you've just had chemotherapy and you're looking this great, like, you know. That's really cool. And it also, it looked like um, from your posts that it feels like a bit of a sanctuary, right? You go in there, you're in yeah. your cute, snuggly little home, you take your book or a podcast and you know, it's your oh, it's quiet great. sanctuary. It was great. You can listen to a podcast. You can listen to whatever. You can put bl your blankets. It's amazing. It's you know when you haven't slept in ages. When I first started, I've got quite a better, way better sleeping routine now, and I genuinely think that's down to oxygen therapy. Yeah. And I try and make myself go to bed at night. Um, I take like magnesium. Go to bed about ten between ten and twelve. But I'll wake up and I'll set alarms for about six thirty-seven. And I've got myself in like an actual habit. And I probably wake up in the night, maybe once or twice, but mm -hmm. far better than me sleeping and going to bed at like 6 a.m. And it not, um, you know, like not sleeping at all, sleeping yeah. a few hours in the day and it just being like horrendously unpleasant. Yeah. Because I think that was it. When the first day I went there, the woman who actually owns it has also gone through, to, well, she's going through topical steroid withdrawal. Amazing. Yes, and that was why she got in contact with me. That's so cool. Amazing. Um, and so when I went, the first day, she just hugged me and she said, it's going to be fine. She said, you're going to have a really good nap. <laughs> and I went in there and I honestly had the most sensational sleep oh. I'd had. In, it felt like months. And I thought, there's something in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this yeah. is it. Like... Honestly, the sleep is so critical isn't it i mean that is where the it, healing happens and you just like like oh this is this is healing on my skin anytime i get a good sleep and if you don't sleep i just find not only my skin suffers my i start to go insane yeah like some of the yeah. things that i think i'm thinking like I, I i think also like the i just felt hotter when i hadn't slept i would wake up feeling hot and itchy and because I was tired I had no ability to hold off scratching myself like it was just like I'm yeah. so tired I'm so hot I'm so emotionally wrecked I just destroyed myself every day and it just got worse and worse during that first phase until you know no, I know that feeling so well yeah yeah and when you, some days you don't have the energy to let off that though to let off scratching some days I just think, oh, this is so satisfying, and I'm already emotionally ruined. Like, my what? What more is this gonna do? You know. So talk talk to me about the podcast and um, itch and bitch and kind of because I I know as you mentioned it spans a number of different skin conditions. Um, 
so yeah talk, talk, talk to me about how that came about and and where you can see it going in the future so how it came about okay so originally this is really funny so the katie who i run itch and bitch with funnily enough i was living in scotland at the time and she posted an image of an area which is like around the corner from my house in london and i was thinking oh and i said oh is that this this cafe and she said yes question mark and she obviously thought i lived in scotland at the time i think we followed each other hadn't really spoke before and I said, oh, that's right by my house. And she said, oh, do you not live in Scotland? And I said, no, it's right by my parents' house. And she said, oh, I live around the corner. So we just started speaking and instantly we kind of, I think when you grow up in a kind of area near each other as well, you kind of have this instant connection, like flow, like it was like we had known each other for a really long time. And I said to her at the start, she said, oh, I want to start a Facebook group. I said, you don't need another Facebook group, like for skin <laughs> conditions. I was like, God, there are enough of them as it is. Um, and she said, oh, maybe we should, maybe we could do something like this. And she was, she had all these ideas. And I said, look, we should do a podcast. A podcast would be really cool. And we can talk about funny situations that we've all been in with skin and stuff like that. And it will make people feel less alone. And it was kind of like her off the bat, like, you know, it'd be a nice idea. I spoke to her, I think the next day and she had already said, how cool would it be to be called Itch and Bitch? And I was like, that's a really it's great a really name. really good name, yeah. I was like, wow, what a great name. And then she was like, I'm just going to make some logos and stuff. Within like a week, Katie had designed everything. And she was like, look, we're going to record next week. And we're going to do this podcast. And I was just like, so taken back because I was so sick at the time. I was like, do I need to do anything? And she was like, just, just come on and talk. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah, that sounds all right. It doesn't sound bad. So I, like I said, I can't take any of the credit for all the amazing skills. It's all her. She is the organization, she's the tech wizard, she's the designer, you know, she's incredible. So I, I definitely have to say it's it's not down to me at all. I just come on and speak my truth a lot and complain, <laughs> I think, a lot. Um, and, do, and do you find that through Itch and Bitch you've had people reaching out or recognizing that they might also have TSW? Yes, um, yes yeah, definitely. Okay. We have a lot of people... I, I find that a lot on my profile as well and that I get a lot of messages from people saying like I think now I've seen your profile I've realized that this is what I'm going through and how, how do you feel do you get do you get people reaching out to you to say is this TSW am I going through this yes okay and how do you cope yes. with that and that that can be really really so it's a real catch-22 because like I said there are such benefits to it and then there are times that I find it really overwhelming because people will send me like 50 pictures and we've never even had a conversation. There's no like, oh, hi, how are you? Like, <laughs> no, no one cares about me. Here's my like, bodily parts. What, what do it? I do? How do I treat this? What is going on? Have I got TSL here? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not. And I also, this isn't a real acknowledged thing half the time. So if, if a doctor tells me they don't know, how am I meant to tell you that I know? Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh God, it's a, it's a minefield. And I find it really hard because I get that people are really, I know how I was feeling before I worked out that that was, was going on. So I can completely imagine how other people are feeling. And some of the messages I get, I just think, oh, like you didn't have to ver verbally abuse me because I didn't reply to you and things like that. And it's like oh, no. people who are sending me these things and they're like, oh, you're so selfish for sharing your story and not helping. And I'm like, I'm trying. If you go on my message requests, I have nearly a thousand message requests. I get message requests. I would say probably like, depending on what I post, between 10 to 50 a day and these are people saying about their skin or whatever different things some are great some are not so great and I find it so overwhelming because it's like if I could help every person I really really would but you'd spend I, all your day on Instagram like you've got to but that's know, what I do and, that, and like I do that job. as it is and but that's what I'm saying like I also people have to realize it's like I don't I don't get paid to do this I sit at home like trying my best to help other people mm. and it's like it it takes a lot from me as well because I give so much to other people yeah I would so what would you say Daisy you know what do you say to the people who 
right now we're going through the thick of those really traumatic early months, you know, like month three and four, where it can be really bad. Oh, it's a hard one, isn't it? I, I guess if you can keep fighting, keep fighting, like there are going to be better days on the horizon, but make yourself as comfortable as you can. Do things that give you any kind of comfort, whether that be watching your favorite films don't like you know you've got to be in a calm calm kind of relaxing situation because you just don't want to make it worse making yourself as comfortable as you can and knowing that there are better days coming i can assure you now that i do have days where i'm surviving but i also have days where i'm living and to say that is something i never thought i would say so just that hope on the horizon, I promise you, it is going to get easier and it's definitely going to get better. Yeah, yeah. That is like the innate trust in your body. You're going to heal. Like it's really, there's something empowering about really being like, no, I know, I know in my core, my I'm going to get through this. I'm going to heal. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting that you mentioned there about the little bits of stress, the things that actually historically you would have really been able to deal with quite easily suddenly when you're in the thick of tsw you're like yeah i cannot freaking cope with this and you know getting signed off work was one of the best things that i i did and i know not everybody is in that that situation that they can but to take that away to take away the pressure and view university as well because it's like you just can't you've got to focus on your healing um so dizzy is there anything um that you kind of want to leave our listeners with anything that you would say is a good resource or um any final piece of advice on tsw tsw atlas's videos are amazing when my parents had no idea what I was doing and why I was doing it. I sat them down and I gave them the TSW Atlas's explanation kind of video. And I felt I, I've loved watching everyone's documentaries. Everyone's documentaries in the community have been in, un, un, unbelievable. But for me, because I'm so emotionally attached to the situation, I can't watch any of them without being in like floods of tears. Me too, same, yeah. And it, that's the only that's why I found her presentation so beneficial because it was kind of done in like a university lecture way mm -hmm. where there was no emotional attachment to it so explaining that to my parents was far easier than saying oh come watch skin on fire where you'll watch it and you'll see me shaking and rocking yeah. back hysterically <laughs> crying my eyes out which it's yeah it's a great it's a great tool if you want to be emotionally triggered yes. but, yeah but and it is a great tool if you're not going through tsw but to watch that when you're in when you're still in it or when you felt it at all yeah it's horrendously it's triggering it's so awful isn't it there was um there was a podcast recently that I really wanted to listen to because it was about sleep and improving your sleep going through TSW or like, you know, any sort of skin skin disorder. Um, but they talk, uh, the whole first bit is about why sleep is so important and the damage you're doing to yourself by not oh. sleeping. And I was like, oh, turning it off. I just it. couldn't hear it. No, I was like, this oh, is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst it, thing it's... for an insomniac to hear. It's, yeah, it's so traumatic. And it's so, the emotion, because you're emotionally so tied to a situation, that is really important to acknowledge. So I found that, honestly, that um, that YouTube video I found amazing. And it did yeah. kind of make my parents really understand. And they said before, they were like, we don't know why you want to do this. And after that, they said, we, we get it. We get it. Like, we understand. And yeah. if this is what you want to do, this is what you want to do. And we respect that. Yeah that in general i'd also say my advice don't get too deep on um facebook i've been in a lot of bad situations where i google horrendous things into the topical steroid facebook groups and oh my god i'm red yeah oh my god it's like a wormhole yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> to say to say the least and just the things that people are saying i think oh my god like absolutely remember anyone can write anything on these sites so just be really careful what you listen to because some of the advice is so detrimental and dangerous and yeah. because as much as i know you want to learn as much about this as you can um there are sources 
pounds and then there are just everyone putting their five pence in shall we say you know absolutely absolutely and um it's almost with tsw you can learn enough right you get what you need yeah from the Instagram, from some of the, the blogs and stuff. And then, you know, and you know what you've got to do. And in reality, we're all finding our way. And anybody who's giving advice that they think is 100% correct, you should be wary of because because <laughs> there are no yeah. formalized, guaranteed studies at the moment. But um, yeah, take what you need and then step away from it because it can just be a No, I can agree more. Agreed. <laughs> Amazing. So Daisy, if people want to connect with you, um, or if you don't want people to get connect with you, <laughs> what, what would what would you say? What is, what is your uh, what is your message? Yeah, no, connect with me. Um, I'm I'm literally always open to speaking to anyone. I do my best. I get quite flooded with messages, but I literally do my best to reply to as many as I can possibly and otherwise I'll do kind of questions and things like that on my story or on itch and bitch we also have lots of messages that we try to do our best to reply to and get on top of and help in any way we can um so you can find me at daisy malin underscore skin on instagram or at or you can find us on itch underscore n underscore bitch mm-hmm. which is where we have kind of a skin community um, which is also, if you have any other kind of skin like questions, you can ask other people, which isn't asking us, which yeah. I think a lot of people have found really beneficial. Yeah, very good. And I guess the message yeah. is, if Daisy doesn't come back to you, it's not because she doesn't want to, which just got yeah. lots of messages. So Daisy, thank you so, so much for joining me today for this conversation. Is there anything else that you, you know, no, I think, that's, I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it's been so nice, so nice. 